Welcome everyone back to another episode of Mind Games on the Sellout Crowd Network. I'm your host of the show, Garen Emig, columnist uh, for SelloutCrowd.com. Thank you so much for dropping by, giving us a, a look or a listen on your podcast a platform of choice. We know you have choices. We do not take it for granted when you make Sellout yours, whether it's my show or one of my colleagues. I'm going to introduce my special guest here in just a second. But first, sincere thanks to the sponsors of Mind Games this week on the Sellout Network. Two fellows movers, big contributors to a lot of shows I know across our, our platform. Midfirst Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. Next Gen Roofing is on board. We thank them, as well as FireLakeJobs.com. 988 Oklahoma's Mental Health Line, something that's very important to use, especially this time of year. It is the holidays. You know that uh, mental health becomes a, a big deal to a lot of people. Do not, uh, especially the, the, the men listening out there, do not. Uh, be afraid to use 988. They're, they're there to help for a reason. And of course, Oklahoma Ford dealers. We want you to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. We uh, go to Stillwater one last time to talk to this guy. Actually, he's no longer in Stillwater, but he's he's been in Stillwater. It's now in Omaha, and we're going to tell you why in just a second. He's John Walker, beat writer, former, excuse me, beat writer and sports editor of the Stillwater News Press covering the Cowboys. I wanted to bring John on, uh, a guy I really respect and admire because the Cowboys are about to play an important football game. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But uh, there is a, a, a tinge of sadness with our guest. John is leaving the OSUB, leaving Stillwater for Omaha to cover the Huskers or the Blue Jays. John, spill the beans. What are you doing up at the Omaha yeah. World Herald? Yeah, I'm I'm covering the Blue Jays. I appreciate the the kind sentiment, by the way. I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm covering the Blue Jays. I'll be sure. I'll be following Creighton around. Um, I think I'll help out a little bit with some with some uh, Nebraska football in the off season and whatnot, you know. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, anything Creighton, um, I'm following it. I'm the guy, and that includes a return trip to Gallagher Ibe Arena for you. I understand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I had yeah. uh, covered the the Oklahoma State BYU game on Saturday. That was my last day with the Stillwater News Press, and all my friends were sad. You know, goodbye. I said, right. I'll see you guys in a, I'll see you guys in less than a week, because uh, yeah, I'll be back down there uh, for for the Creighton Oklahoma State game. So I was like, we'll save our goodbyes. I'll say see you later, and uh, I'll see y'all next Thursday. <laughs> all right. Well, the Blue Jays uh, are in line to have a pretty good year. For a change, right? That, that's a pretty strong program. That I'm being yeah. sarcastic. Greg McDermott knows what he's doing. You'll mix in a little Husker football. Try to get Matt Rule and the program going for you. Um, I'm sure that'll be interesting. Hope you don't mind snow. You don't mind snow, do you? No, don't mind snow. Grew up in Missouri. Was born in Baltimore. So if I if I was scared of snow, those are probably the two least places that you'd want to be. So. <laughs> You're going to get a little bit more snowfall up in Nebraska, I think, than you <laughs> yeah. did in Stillwater. But yeah, um, all right, yeah, let's let's talk about for old times' sake, and so that you can you can give this a proper farewell. Let's talk about uh, the Oklahoma State game against Texas this weekend. Cowboys are in the Big Twelve Championship at AT and T Stadium. They are uh, last I checked two touchdown underdogs. It may be a higher spread than fourteen. Yeah. 
I'm trying to figure out a way they win this game, John, and I'm not sure. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Texas has been as formidable as anybody in the country this year, right? The lone blemish in Red River, a game that's obviously annually filled with a ton of emotions and memorable moments and and uh, and chaos at the top of that list of, of all. And that's kind of what we saw at the Cotton Bowl earlier this fall. Um, but when you – I don't – something tells me, oddly enough, that, that Mike Gundy finds a way. And when this became more and more apparent that there was a path for them to get to Arlington is when I was really like, they're, they're going to they're gonna do it, aren't they? Like, they're going to get the last laugh. The Big 12 is going to rally behind them because Texas is leaving for the SEC. And they are somehow, some yeah. way, going to find a way to beat Texas in Arlington. Like, that just seems like destiny for this team that's been so up and down at times, but so good at others and maybe not as good at others. Like that would just be the most Oklahoma state thing possible. But you look on paper and no, you're exactly right. It's like, Oh buddy. <laughs> like I, I think the, the break, the break you get, I guess, is that they don't have Jonathan Brooks who's out for the rest of the year with an injury. But other than that, I mean, you still have Jalen Ford defensively. Um, still have Quinn Ewers. Uh, we saw that if if something happens to Quinn Ewers, uh, Malik Murphy is is capable. Uh, still have Xavier Worthy. I mean, it, it's just it's nuts. It's absolutely ridiculous what Sark and them have been able to do this year. The Cowboys have the as of like the time we called you to come on the show. Yeah. The news broke out of Big Twelve headquarters. The Cowboys do have the Offensive Player of the Year officially now, and Ollie Gordon. They have the Coach of the Year in, in Gundy, who you've referenced. Um, Devondre Sweat is a Defensive Player of the Year, and he's a guy that because he plays in the interior, there doesn't rack up a lot of numbers. Right. But the impact is undeniable. His the guy next to him is Byron Murphy. He he's plays just like Sweat does. And I wrote something for sellout this week, John, about this having, and you referenced it, right? You, this has a backdrop of big 12 versus sec for yeah. obvious reasons. There's also a physical, there's also a physical element to that, right? The, the, the Longhorns look more ready to join the sec than the Oklahoma Sooners do, especially yeah. at the line of scrimmage. And if you've got Gordon and that's your strength, and that obviously is OSU's strength, you're you're running into the other team's strength, and that's why I worry about the Cowboys manufacturing um, a lot of consistent offense in this game. Yeah, no, you you absolutely are. You know, if I, I remember throughout the course of the season, we talked about the Cincinnati's of the world, the Iowa States of the world, the Kansas's of the world, the K States of the world, and the the yeah. team to shut down Ollie Gordon is I don't know checks notes UCF like. What? So that's, those are, those are some of the things that I'm talking about when I'm like, they've been so good at times and so weird at others is like, we, we know that Kansas had a pretty good defense, know that K State's defensive front is, is usually pretty, pretty salty. Uh, Iowa State's obviously. Uh, and then UCF, the worst run defense in the country at the time, probably still up there. I, I'm assuming they're the ones to slow down Ali <laughs> Gordon. So yeah. that was obviously nuts, but it, so it's like, okay, you have to find some consistency in there. You have to have some middle ground because Texas is far and away, I think, the best defensive line that they will play this season in large part because Texas has one of the best defensive lines in the country. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you, you, 
you really have to be on your P's and Q's if you're OSU's offensive line, yeah. which they have been as of late, um, with, with a few exceptions at times, of course. But they haven't seen a team like Texas yet. That that I do know for certain. Mm-hmm. You started with an inkling that because it's OSU and because you you sort of expect the unexpected with this team in particular, <laughs> that you just have a feeling that they'll find a way. Is that do you land there over all of the physical mismatches that that present themselves to this game? Do you come back to that's ah, Gundy? He'll figure something out, right? Or it's OSU. Just you know, if they're, they're, here they are back in their corner with with no chance, according to ninety percent of the country, to get out. Yeah. They'll find a way to wriggle out. I mean, do you are, are you do you do you go back to that, or is this just too much even for a team that that just Houdini's its way out of out of jams? Houdini's a real. That's a really good verb to describe this team. Uh, like we talked about the the BYU game. Ollie Gordon is I think he had what twelve carries for seventy yards or something at half against BYU. Ends up with five touchdowns, three even if you don't count overtime. I know right. some people are wishy washy on overtime stats, but it was just like and uh yeah, so something something tells me, even after all of that, that they for sure still find a way. Um because if I if I learned anything over my my fourteen months in Stillwater, it's that they're going to find a way when you least expect them to do that. Whether it's basketball holding holding Texas to its two lowest lowest scoring outputs of the year and still losing a game, uh, whether mm-hmm. that's them losing five of six to end last year or winning five in a row out of the bye week this year. So whatever you think is going to mm-hmm. happen at Oklahoma State. It, the 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 opposite's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I I, I find mm-hmm. myself coming back to that one of just like, surely they're going to find a way. Surely they're they're going to. And I think a large part of that has to do with Gundy's success against Texas over the past decade. I think they're seven and three or something like that over the past ten meetings. So I I I think part of that and in all of that kind of leads me back to to that destination. It just. It just feels like that ten percent is maybe more roaring mm-hmm. than than the ninety percent that thinks Texas is going to win. For all things considered, OSU's the underdog. Last time they went to Arlington, they were on. They had the pressure of the college football playoff looming. You know, they're in a corner. Rocky was at his best in a corner. Gundy's at his best in a corner. It seems, and 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 that's yeah. certainly where the where the pokes are this weekend. Yeah, I you know you you talk about pressure being there to to uh, potentially you know make a playoff a couple of years ago against Baylor. Uh, two teams who go to a conference championship game, they're both going to face a, a, a decent amount of pressure. I mean, Iowa is no one expects Iowa right. to come within twenty to thirty of Michigan, right? In the uh, Big Ten championship, the Hawkeyes are going to feel something when they take the field against Michigan. I'm wondering to get back to again this this narrative about the big 12 and and again this sort of feels like a last stand for the old guard against you know the the the, the you know the benedict arnold's yeah um the traders or whatever however yarmark if you put a true serum in it'd be interesting to see what kind of term he'd use for the sooners and the longhorns right um 
I wonder if no, I, I get it. Gundy's not going to acknowledge that, and he didn't. And he's he's smart too. He didn't do it after. He didn't take the bait after the game Saturday night. Didn't take it when I asked him to circle back Monday in Stillwater. I but I wonder if that's there at all. I I don't expect the, play, the right. players don't care, right? They no. they really don't. They don't care about as Gundy himself has said anything but what's in front of them. I get that. The coaches though hear from administrators, and administrators care quite a bit about this stuff yeah. because the administrators are the ones whose livelihoods were sort of threatened by what OU and Texas did. The administrators hear from people like your mark at Big 12 headquarters, and they sure as heck hear from OSU's fans who don't like this, who's never liked Texas to begin with, or OU, right. and certainly don't like what, they're, what they've done in terms of uh, bolting for the, for the SEC. So I just wonder if there will be a little bit of tension because of the uh, the Big 12 SEC backdrop, I don't know what it would do one way or another for the Cowboys and their chances. I think right. it comes down to, again, just how tough a physical matchup this is. But I just kind of sense that that's going to be there whether they, they want to admit it or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, you mentioned it, putting a truth serum in your mark. I, I'd be willing to bet that if you put a truth serum in Gundy, you know, if he had a few, a couple of Cokes, if you will, Diet Cokes, that he he would tell you that he probably wants this one more than anybody, right? Like, because he at at heart is an Oklahoma kid. Like he visited OU in his recruiting process. Obviously, we know how storied his career has been as a player, assistant, and head coach at Oklahoma State. Like, no matter how you slice it, Mike Gundy probably wants to beat Texas more than most. Um, I would I would think. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of why I said the 10%, you know, we mentioned 90% of the country thinks Texas is going to win. That's why I think part of the 10% is maybe more roaring than the 90 is because the 10% mm-hmm. is every other school aside from OU and Texas in the big 12 saying you're our last chance. Like they are leaving. You are our last chance to get the last laugh. And there's got to be some of that in your mark. There's for sure got to be some of that at Oklahoma State. There's got to be that around the Big 12, around the country. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I would be hard-pressed to believe that that has not played a factor or will not play a factor in Saturday whatsoever because it will. It has to in the slightest. Yeah. I like that you brought up his Oklahoma roots. Again, he, he chose OSU, Stillwater over right. Norman once upon a time. Don't want to rehash all of that. But uh, you are conditioned to take some pride if you're from Oklahoma and beating Texas. And it's interesting, isn't it? Gundy takes, I think, a great deal of pride in the fact that he turns what is essentially a three-star recruiting class every year yeah. into a really developed group of core players, right, that he can count on winning nine to, nine to ten games most years. It didn't happen a year ago, yeah. and it hasn't happened every year. But you know what I'm getting at. Right. And he also, I think, takes pride in answering the question from us, how many, how many of your guys were offered by the University of Texas? And he, he always holds up this. <laughs> he doesn't smile, but in, but you can see it sort of inside what he's getting at. And and when you combine that fact with his six and two record, the last eight eight games to go back to to what you said earlier, nine and four, I think it is in the last thirteen okay. against the Longhorns. There's some satisfaction there, and this might be his last shot at this school for a. People talk about when's the next time he's going to have a crack at Bedlam. We could ask the same about. When when's he going to get another whack at Bevo, right? So this there's a there's a lot here for for the uh, the Big Twelve Coach of the Year is what we're saying. 
No, ab- absolutely. I think it it'd probably be even longer before they play Texas than OU just because of like, and we've obviously hashed this out. You've talked about it with extensive people. Like bed, if, if the state of Oklahoma wants Bedlam to be played, Bedlam will be played at some point, but there is really no tie between OSU and Texas being like, yeah, we'll play in 10 years. Like, Maybe in a bowl game, sure, but but there's no ties. Nobody's pounding the table for Oklahoma State, Texas. I don't think. Um, so yeah, I I think there's probably a, again a good part of him that's like, we we need to beat them. They're <laughs> like, I I want to beat them personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's 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 kind of what I think where Gundy's at, and I'd be surprised if not because mm-hmm. the Oklahoma roots. Um, they, you know, you, you could take the boy, the, the boy out of Oklahoma, which has only happened for what, a couple of years in his life when he was at Maryland and whatnot. Right. But like, you're not going to take the Oklahoma out of Mike Gundy of all people. And, and yeah, they, they want that sense of pride of, of, uh, one winning red river this year as a state and two keeping Texas out of the college football playoff and with their best team in. I don't know, maybe, maybe a decade. So yeah, there's, there's a good sense mm-hmm. of pride there for sure. Yeah. Go by record. It's his Texas best team since the, the Colt McCoy squad of 09 that came within uh, an injury to McCoy of winning a national yeah. championship against Alabama. If I remember that correctly, that team yeah. had lost uh, one. Now go ahead. Oh no, I just, I was uh I I was thinking Vince Young, so that would have been right around that same range. Yeah, that's uh I forgot about I forgot how close that uh that yep. Colt McCoy team came. Hmm. Yeah, Young was yeah that was oh five. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, you you or I will see, I, I won't probably see another Texas team better than than that one. You might. Uh, no. you you might live long enough to do that, but this is at least as good as oh nine. Hey, you referenced the game two years ago, OSU's last time at this one, at the Big 12 Championship. Remember, that was the, the fumes from what the Sooners and the Longhorns had done were still pretty fresh. And even if the commissioner was different, it was Bullsby, not your mark at the time. Uh, a lot of the narrative around that game was uh, positioning, positioning yourself to take over the league when the, you know, the two bullies vanish. And it looked like OSU was in terrific shape. To, to have a shot to sort of seize a little control because that team was so good. That defense was so good. Um, then last year happened, right? Seven and seven and six happened. Started to wonder TCU came within a game of a national title. And then that, that, that narrative flipped on its head. We're kind of right back where we were two years ago. OSU is the representative of what's to become of the big 12 at this game. So, is is this game important? How, how important is what I guess what I'm asking? How important, John, you think is this in terms of uh, a reestablishment of the Cowboys at the top or near the top of the next uh, iteration of the Big Twelve Conference? Oh, I think I think it's massive. It has to be right. Um, you know, I I was talking. Somebody had asked me before I left Stillwater. Um, they're like, do you think they're good moving forward? They're like, you can say whatever you want now, essentially. And I was like, no, I, I think with the future of the Big 12 and with the job that Gundy does on a yearly basis, you know, with, let's face it, 
just okay recruiting classes. Um, that's kind of the, the the miraculous wonder here is that they take these two, three stars, your occasional four star, and they just make magic with them. Um, so that's, you know, that's been damn impressive to begin with. But you go and win a Big 12 championship right before the yep. league landscape shifts. You're your top dog heading into next year. Um, now, there are things that come with that, of course. You have a target on you and whatnot, but the recruiting picks up first and foremost, um, especially if kids want to stay close to the Big 12, because now all of these Texas kids can be like, hey, um, my mom can't come watch me play against OU, and my mom can't come up to Stillwater and TCU yeah. and Baylor, you know? So it's it's a real, real opportunity for Oklahoma State to get a jump that nobody else has the opportunity to have. You know, they're they're the only, I guess I should say, modern future, whatever it is, um, Big Twelve school that that is playing this weekend, and or, or at least playing in Arlington, mm-hmm. and they have a jump to be able to say, "Hey, we won the league a year ago when it was still brutal, when the bullies were still taking our lunch money." And so, so then to be able to, to say, we beat them. Now we are the bully essentially. Um, that's, that's kind of how most programs make their living in, in terms of, of, of recruiting. And that's a good opportunity for OSU to, to kind of take a jump. I, I personally think uh, we get expanded to 12 next year. I, I think there is a real window just based on the consistency that Mike Gundy and them have shown over the past, what, two decades. I think there's a real chance and, and maybe expectation even that they make the playoffs a couple of times in the next handful of years. What do you, um, what, what's your, what are your exit thoughts on Mike Gundy? I mean, you probably, probably need more time than, than we've, we've allotted here. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you said 14 months. You, yeah. is, it, is it possible to, to condense 14 months of being around Mike Gundy into uh, you know two two minutes or so, what 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 is it about him that that you'll take away from from your work at the at the news press, your experience covered him at the news press? No, I probably I probably ha- I would like to think I had a, a semi close relationship to Mike. I think it, a large part of that was because I also covered Stillwater High, so I covered you know Gage, his youngest son, his last year at yeah. at, at SHS, so. I I like kind of knew Mike, the Oklahoma State football coach, and then I also kind of got to see Mike Gundy, the dad. So that was a really, really cool thing that mm-hmm. like, I don't think most people probably get to experience. Um, so so that was that was obviously super cool. But Mike Gundy is a character, man. He is, he, as, as you know, obviously, um, I don't think I've ever been to a press conference right. with a coach who is coming off of a loss and shows up with yogurt and pretzels. I, uh, I, I, I just don't think that happens too often. <laughs> and that, and, and, and that is certainly what Mike did last yeah. year. Um, yeah. but he, he's obviously really, yeah. really insightful when it comes to nationally, like the national landscape of college football. Um, has opinions on everything obviously i i thought his uh his nostradamus comparison for himself was uh was pretty funny but 
then you look and you're like, man, everything yeah. he says eventually happens. Um, so yeah, no, no, just a, just a, a super yeah. interesting guy for sure. Um, you know, I grew up in, I grew up just North of Kansas city. So I grew up in Kansas's backyard, mm -hmm. K state's backyard, right near Iowa state. And so I essentially in one way or another indirectly grew up watching Mike Gundy. And so to be able to just cover him for, for two seasons, a season and a half, you know, whatever it ended up being was just yeah. like a super cool, like dream turned into reality scenario for me. That's cool. He he didn't put any uh, undue pressure on you as the dad, did he? That he didn't no, he didn't call you no. up and say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I got a lead. I got a lead for you in the Pioneer story, and it and it probably should involve my son, not the running back." <laughs> no, no, and I think I think a, a part of that is because Gage was just that damn good. So no, he he didn't. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, I. I've always wondered what it would be like to bump into him at one of those games. I, he says he doesn't have any friends, so I, I picture him sort of in the top corner of Pioneer Stadium, wondering if you know someone will come talk to him. I, maybe he, maybe that's how he prefers it, though, huh? Isolated, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at uh, at baseball games, um, not to dox him or anything, but I guess it doesn't matter because Gage is done playing baseball at Stillwater High and football too. Um, at, at, uh, at baseball games, you know, he'd just kind of stand off to the side along the dugouts, um, usually be on his phone. I'm sure, I'm sure he's in demand all the time, whether it's from players, coaches, recruiting, right. NIL, boosters, right. whatever. Like, um, he'd just kind of pay attention, be on his phone, stick to himself. Yeah. And at, uh, at football games, um, yeah. Top corner of the stands, standing on the field, on the track, in the end zone by himself. Um, a super this is probably going to be one of my favorite memories from i guess like mike gundy the dad was i went to the stillwater high deer creek semifinal matchup uh last year and mm -hmm. get up to the press box and there is mike and ray gundy just sitting there talking to each other in the press box and so it was just like super super cool unique once in a lifetime experience to to hmm. sit there and listen to Mike and his dad talk shop about fo the football game that was happening in front of them. Uh, because as much as Mike was watching it for hmm. his son, he was also like, man, why did he throw that? You know, da -da 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 -da, just all, all the stuff that I'm sure he says uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more explicitly yeah. on Saturdays, but no, that, that was just a super cool experience. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool, man. Uh, since you, you dipped into the bag of memories, I, I was going to ask you, what are your favorite stories that you wrote for the news press about, uh, about the Cowboys football, basketball, or otherwise <laughs> could be any sport. Is there, are there any that you're going to take with you to, uh, to the world Herald and thought and think, yeah, that was, that was all right. Yeah. Um, I, I did one on, uh, I think the first one that jumps to mind, probably recency bias is like Boone the cat. I think that like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that one for sure. Um, well, I'll, tell us, come on, tell, for those who, for those who don't know, tell us about that. Yeah. 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 So I, um, I, what game would that have been, man? Um, that would have been the Cincinnati game would have been the Cincinnati game, uh, go down to the press conference. 
Um, I'm usually pretty slow getting back up. I'll type out a quote, send a tweet, whatever. Um, so I am walking back up to the press box. And instead of taking the long way where we usually have to go, I was like, I'll just cut through the stands because the stadium's empty at this point. And I get up to the stairs and I just heard a meow and I have a cat at home. So I was like, huh. And so I just start looking around and there's this little cat, like just weaving in and out of the bleachers, like eating the leftover nachos and trash and whatever. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I feel so bad for this cat. And uh took a picture of the, of the little guy slash gal. I don't think anyone is still quite sure. Uh Took a picture of the little thing and um, sent it to my girlfriend because she's a big cat, cat person too. She was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. And I tweeted it the next morning just because I was like, yeah, there's a cat in the football stadium. And it blew up. And because uh, I think Kendall Daniels was the first person to respond to it. And he was like, that's Boone. And I was like, OK, so they know about this cat. They have a name for this cat. And uh, yeah, so that that was just super funny. Wrote about it the next week. Everyone loved it. I had I, I had more fun writing it than, than people probably did reading it. Um so no, that, that one for sure. Um, I, I wrote, uh, I wrote one on Bryce Thompson this past March. Um, everyone knows that he's probably, he's an Oklahoma hmm. kid who went to Kansas his first year, played quite a few games in Kansas city. And so when he stepped back, when they went to the big 12 tournament this year, I was like, this is probably like the last time he was in here he thought that he was going to have a chance to like, he went to go play in March madness and he thought he was going to be in here last year, except for the postseason ban for OSU. And mm-hmm. so that was just like a super cool, super cool, like story to, to get his thought process, pretty emotional story. I talked to him that day for like 30, 45 minutes. I'm just chopping it up at, at uh, wow. what is now the team mobile center. Um, because yeah, I mean, he had, he had went through a lot, all things considered, uh, you know, not hard, not easy to be like a McDonald's all American and then leave your home state that was recruiting you and find his way back was the leader of last year's OSU team. And they had a chance to get to the postseason, as we all know how that eventually played out, but it was just like super cool. Uh, those, those two, and then probably my bed, the bedlam story for sure. I mean, bed, the last bedlam. It was just, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. I can't, uh, I got to tell you, man, Boone the cat eating nachos at the stadium is, a, is an image that's going to stay with me for a while. Is there, is there any chance he was lapping up some beer to uh, wash down the nachos? <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have or no she? clue, but there, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there were for sure beer cups and beer cans and stuff like in that area. So, it would be hard to imagine that Boone <laughs> has not been drunk at least once once in their life. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man! I love that. Um, all right, while we're while we're in a good mood, let's finish with some exit questions. Uh, sure. Lighter side of things. Well, well, not this is actually a little heavier than than I like to finish with normally. But again, this is sort of a farewell show. Who are you going to miss most covering at OSU? Who who did you enjoy covering most? Any sport, any coach or athlete? Um, that's a good one. I will I will preface it with I did not get to get out to a lot. Like 
I unfortunately only got out to like one Dave Smith presser, um, only mm-hmm. a couple Colin Carmichael. Like I didn't get out to a bunch as much as I would have liked. Um, but it's for sure. Oh man, that's so brutal. Kenny Kenny G was just like so brutally emotional, honest, transparent. Um, will tell yeah. you what's on his mind. Doesn't dance around anything. Um, you know, for for better or for worse, however it played out. The I, I think a good example of that was the Kelly Maxwell situation this summer. You know, he he was just kind of yeah. honest about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I I you'll. I don't think a lot of coaches at OSU do this. You'll come across coaches that, you know, just kind of do your regular coach speak and, oh, we're just ready to get to uh, Saturday, you know, and that's, that's not Kenny Gajewski. And so I really appreciated covering them. Um, Creighton does not have softball. And mm-hmm. so I, I will for sure around that time of year be keeping an eye on, on the cowgirls. Okay, so we have the, John, we have the who you're going to miss about OSU. Uh, let's finish with what you're going to miss most about Stillwater. Man, I, I, I remember, I don't think I've ever told anybody this story. This is a sellout crowd exclusive. The, uh, my, my mom and sister were, uh, were nice enough to drop me off at, uh, in Stillwater when I originally moved down there. And I, rem- I went to college like 45 minutes away from my hometown, a small D2 school. And so I remember like my mom and sister stayed the night, helped me unpack, left the next morning. And I just like started sobbing. I was like, oh my God, they're gone. You know, I'm like, I'm by myself now. And uh, so I, I like was leaving Stillwater on Sunday after the BYU game. And I was like, that is insane how far like I have come in, in terms of like my relationship to Stillwater. Um, I'm going to miss it. Stillwater is mm-hmm. always going to have a place in my heart. Um, the, the part I'll miss the most is, is probably just the people, man. There are, there are, you know, I've been a few different places around the, around the country. There are not people like there are in Stillwater America. Um, it's just, it was nuts from day one. Um, everyone kind of welcomed me with open arms. Um, you know, it, it, I think even just me kind of hopping on here was a prime, a, a perfect example. It would have been so easy for you to be like, nah, he's in Omaha, screw it, you know? And, uh, and, and no, like, like, like here we are. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, just, just the people, um, it is, it is a town that cares about each other, cares about the university and, and that shows, yeah. I think. Um, and then the Eskimo Joe's cheese fries, because of course. Of course, yeah. Contractually obligation, contractual obligation. I think, right? With uh, yeah, that, with our that was my NIL. Well, I had to, I had to get it in one last time. I was going to say, my... man. I'm, yeah, what's about time the sports writers got to dip in that? About time. Good I'm for telling you. you. So that's John Walker. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that day's coming. That's next. It's next. Uh, He's a president now. I, I still want to say Mark Emmert. It's not Mark Emmert anymore. Whoever the guy is, whoever the guy that's that's you know in charge of the circus. Um, that's John Walker, Stillwater News Press, former sports editor of the News Press, former OSU beat writer, Stillwater High School beat writer. 
now in Omaha, it's our loss. He did a great job covering um, sports in Stillwater. I know a lot of people there would say that. Um, and uh, we're going to miss him on the beat around T. Boone Pickens Stadium, Gallagher Ivor Arena. But he's, uh, he's going to kill it at the World Herald covering the Blue Jays. If you follow him uh, from Stillwater to Omaha, you'd be doing yourself a favor because his, uh, his stuff is, is, is really, really pure. So thank him for coming on. Thank Jacqueline Musgrove and Michael Lane, our producer and creator director, behind the curtains, behind the scenes for making another episode of Mind Games happen. Be sure to like us and subscribe to us, not necessarily in that order, on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your uh, podcast content. You know where to find us, my show and others at selloutcrowd.com. We'll do this again next week. Take good care, stay warm in the meantime, and we will talk to you soon. 